Hey everybody, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nerdcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on all things Nerdcast, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Nerdcast one If you'd like to inquire about influencing or joining the discussion, you can send us a message on any of our social media or an email at jrbnerdcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Let's get into it. guys we just jumped into hyperspace um and this discussion's about to jump into hyperspace so uh i'm josh with the nerdcast and i am joined today by uh mr nick who's been on before and sean who's been on before uh mr sean i guess i called him mr nick you're just sean so (laughs) i prefer to be just sean um you're right 3po it is rude um but what we're talking about today is um Star Wars RPGs versus uh, regular like high fantasy RPGs, and the reason for that is because our um, our D and D episode has really shot off more than I thought it would. I think it's got like over eight hundred views, which is freaking phenomenal. Um, but all we talked about in that one was just Athendel and D and D, uh, and I think we should probably also discuss the other Star Wars or the other rpg that we play um i feel it has to do with my beard it's glorious (laughs) (laughs) that that could be it oh man um but uh, i wanted to talk about star wars rpgs um and i thought who better to bring in than the man that runs the star wars rpg for our group and that is nick so um so that's basically what we're going to talk about today and if we have time after we get done talking we'll get on reddit and talk about some stuff that's on reddit and just see what's going on um because because that's a lot of fun but uh sean you are here because you play in both games um and i want to hear your perspective on star wars versus D. I know you like high fantasy better than star wars fantasy which yeah. is it's fine you can you're allowed to have the wrong opinion <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, it's fine it's just wrong <laughs> but uh but i wanted to get kind of your side you of it you can't trust grown men that can't really grow a beard very well oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you that uh, don't know me and nick have pretty terrible facial hair whoa <laughs> nick's getting there yeah, Nick's getting there. I'm not. Give me like five more years. And you'll be in the same spot you're in now. So <laughs> You're probably right. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into um, the discussion. So Nick, you have DM'd um, all kinds of campaigns. You've done High Fantasy 5th Edition. You've done 3.5. You've done 4th Edition. Um, you've done Star Wars. You've done All Flesh. What makes um age of rebellion or edge of the empire whichever one you want to classify our campaign as what makes it um special to you in a sense of like this is the one i want to keep doing uh really uh i i think it mainly comes down to like it's the one that the group wanted to play so (laughs) i i'm always just i want to play whatever the i want to run whatever the players want to play uh but there's also just the thing of like star wars is 
Oh, I moved to the di- a different side of the mic there. Uh, Star Wars is like my thing. You know, I love Star Wars, so it's always going to have this special special space in my heart. And uh, so running a Star Wars campaign is, is amazing. There's also just like unlimited resources for a Star Wars campaign. That that's a that's like a plus side <laughs> and a downside. So that's what I was gonna mention was um being in a galaxy far, far away is like stupid and great at the same time. Because it's like there's so many places that you can go, so it makes it great for the players. But as a DM, that would like be my nightmare to be like, Okay, you're on Tatooine and you can go literally anywhere you want to go. Because then it kind of limits what you can plan for um, without, like, railroading your players. Yeah, it definitely does make that a little bit more difficult. I've got, uh, I've gotten to where I'm, like, pretty decent at, uh, at not railroading and still giving you, like, any option that you want. Uh, but it just takes a lot of research. Like, I end up, I end up researching, like, eight or nine different planets uh, <laughs> before every session. Because I'm like, well, they might go here. They might go here. Or, like... They've talked about wanting to find an uh, an abandoned rebel base, so I should find every abandoned rebel <laughs> base that I can uh, in Legends and in Canon, because well, they may want to go to those planets. And don't get me wrong, I, I love Star Wars, but I don't know everything there is to know about Star Wars, so I, I have to rely on the rest of the group to kind of fill in the gaps there, and I'm just like, you know what, I got the funds, let's, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think that's one of the reasons, that one of the my favorite uh things about the fantasy flight games is uh the the rpgs that fantasy flight games make is that they're really accessible so like even people who like i know a crap ton about star wars especially now that i'm running this game i know even more than i did before and uh before it was a lot and like sean you were saying you don't know a lot about it but you can still enjoy the game the same which is why Oh, very Which much Which is why so. I love it so much. And plus I'm learning more and more about different, you know, you know, canon and non-canon. And, you know, we, that's the glory of it is we get to make our own canon right. for ours. Yeah, that's one thing that I really love because, like, well, like Nick kind of touched on, like, he's a huge Star Wars nerd and I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Like, I have an entire room in my house dedicated to Star Wars. <laughs> like, that's how big a Star Wars nerd I am. That is no lie. And, uh. And, and so, like, for me, I'm, I've, since Disney bought it and declared Star Wars canon, um, air quotes, because I still love the Legends material and the Expanded Universe. I think it's awesome. Um, and the way I look at it is, like, canon is, like, what actually happened, and the Legends is what it is. It's it's Legends. Like, you know, if we were to sit around a campfire and tell a story about, like, a ghost story in our neighborhood, you know, that's probably not a true story because, you know, ghosts don't exist. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I've never encountered one. But <laughs> but like we might sit around the campfire and tell a story. And that's, to me, what Star Wars Legends is. Well, if you think about it, Legends is what makes people want to go out on an adventure in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, um, Nick, to your credit, um, you've done a really good job of putting us in the canon universe and giving us canon material. But also preaching to us since day one that like you're... You're in this universe, and everything that is canon up to the point that you started is real. But don't worry about things that like because we're we're between four and five right now. Yeah. So so right now you're like, mm, well, you, well, when you when you started, it was right after the Battle of Yavin, basically. Right. So you're still not far enough in it to be at episode five yet. 
but it follows the same timeline and right. there's like major things will still happen but we'll see how that that interacts later but yeah so so i think it's really cool that like um we joined the rebellion right after the battle of yavin uh, but then we kind of left the rebellion so we're still going to see the battle of hoth eventually um, maybe i mean you might not ever go to hoth well and, and to hoth, see that's the see thing it. maybe we won't You'll see the battle see it of on, hoth, like, the or something. but yeah we'll we'll hear about the battle of hoth which is cool because it like that kind of helps us judge the timeline uh but as far as like you know the canon novels that are out right now that happen between episodes four and five that's totally up to you whether you want to insert like hey this happens this is a true story or if we can go and influence something within that i think it's really cool uh, because Star Wars is something that we all love. Um, and so being able to put ourselves into that universe and that world is, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. <coughs> That's probably my favorite thing about it uh, is that, like I was saying earlier, anybody can get involved in it. You don't have to be a big Star Wars fan. You don't have to be a huge Star Wars nerd to enjoy it. If you like role-playing games, you'll love it. And it's, Oh, agreed. Hands down. I mean, you just, you can't beat anything where you get to just use your imagination, hang out with friends yeah. and old school pen and paper it. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a daunting game. It feels like a lot of times because it has its own, uh, not only is the Star Wars universe a huge thing, but it also has its own dice system. So you kind of feel like, oh, well, I'll stick with the, the games that I've been playing, you know, the games that I know well, uh, I don't want to have to learn a new one. Then once you start into it, like the dice are, the dice can be confusing, uh, but once like you've rolled, once you've rolled like ten dice pools, you're like starting to get it quicker mm-hmm. and quicker and quicker, to where like, on, I mean like Tanner just keeps a chart and it's it it's so easy because real handy. Yeah, yeah, especially when, like if we played every week, it'd be it'd know, be different. Give yeah. it like a month and everybody'd have it down pat playing every other week and sometimes with stretches in between that just kind of happens uh but it's like it can be daunting to get into because of those things but it's really good so sean um i want to get your opinion uh like you already stated uh you're not a massive oh sound effects you're not a massive star wars nerd the same way that me and nick are um however you are a nerd Oh yeah, nonetheless. Hands down. So I want to get um, your opinion from a player standpoint of which which to you, and you can be totally honest because we're both the DMs of the campaigns, and me and Nick swear right now, whichever one you pick, we won't kill your character <laughs> unless you pick Athendil. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, but which which of the campaigns like uh, now? Obviously, you look forward to both of them. Uh, but oh, yes. but which campaign like when we when we decide, hey, we're going to play Age of Rebellion this weekend or we're going to play Athendel this weekend, which one is easier for you to get in character and get invested in? Honestly, I mean, they're they're both probably equal for me being that, you know, like my character, I pay, play Lobaka. Well, apparently there is a Lobaka in Canada, in Cana, Canon, and I didn't know this. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's awesome. So, I mean, it, but... I, I honestly, they're they're probably about equal about as far as getting into character. I mean, it does it to me. It's a little daunting for myself as a player who's usually plays the high fantasy like medieval times to go and play a space race and 
play a character that is bound by languages at this point. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it worked out that somebody in our group, uh, your character ended up speaking Sherry Wook. So, you know, as long as you're around, I can talk to everybody. Otherwise it's just, yeah, this dog is just, you know, growling <laughs> at us. Yeah. Thankfully we've got uh, a translator. We've got the Han effect with our party as Nick calls it. Um, <laughs> Which is really cool. And it's just a lot easier that way. <laughs> yeah, rather than him having to write everything down or like send us a text message on the data pad, it's just like, yeah. well, I can just, you know, if if I'm in the room, you understand what he said, um, which is really cool. Um, so Nick, I kind of talked about it in um, the D and D episode. What is it like for you? Now, obviously, you've been doing it for a long time, uh, but what is it like for you? week in and week out going from you make me sound super old <laughs> obviously you've been doing this for a very long time yeah i mean i have but you're you don't so have to say it that way. <laughs> i mean you've been doing it for like what since second grade i've, <laughs> I've been playing and dming for little, little toddlers what, getting together around the, seven you know. years now? yeah so, so it's i mean it's been a while it, like i've been doing this for a long time you've it's just been, the way you said it made me sound <laughs> super old You've been doing it for a, a much longer clip than Sean and I have, I feel. Maybe not Sean, but at least for me. I don't know how long uh, Sean's been playing D&D. I, I've been playing a while. I mean, there it, it was a big, long spurt in between until I met y'all. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I got think, you back into it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you thankfully got me back yeah. into it. Yeah. And I've never DM'd, so I can only imagine what that's like for y'all, having to stand in front of six crazy people. <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare. Oh, nice. uh, but I love it. <laughs> Which, um, Sean, you're actually working on a one shot, which I'm super excited for. Uh, so give us some of the juicy details on that without giving anything away because Nick is going to be in that one shot as a player. Give us a little insight into your one shot that's up- upcoming. Well, in, in the D&D canon, there's, you know, the calamity. There was one ancient uh, creature that almost destroyed all the universes, not just one of them. All six of them. Sure. Well, you're basically fighting to keep him chained. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? <laughs> uh, neither, Ahsoka. I don't want either. <laughs> I'm super excited for it, though, because it gives me an opportunity as the creator of Athendale to create a character and play in Athendale. Um and Nick, I don't know if he's talked to you about it, but you will be playing uh, Elrim in this one shot. So everyone's going to be playing their regular Athendale characters. You'll just be adding me as a player character. Uh, and Segan will apparently be gone at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will let you know. He will. He. That's probably what's going to start it all. Is you will. He'll hear Segan fighting with someone, and that's where you know it starts, and then. Because, I mean, obviously, I don't want to play a character myself. It wouldn't be fair. Right. 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 Um, so stay tuned for that because that's going to be really cool. And I'm excited for it. But uh, I'm terrified. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't do public speaking. So it, it's I'm taking myself out of my own element here and trying something new. It's really not, which Nick has done it longer than I have, but just the short stint that i've done it i think like maybe six seven months it's it's not as intimidating as you think like the first time yeah it's pretty bad but then after that it's like few the first few sessions uh you'll get like those knots in your stomach uh 
even for one shots, like you, you get a couple one shots in and then you're like, all right, yeah, I can do this. Like yep. this isn't, this isn't as hard as I thought it was. And, and like about halfway through each session, you'll have that like moment of like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as, you know, as long as they're, everybody's having fun and the story is going along and, and uh, as, as long as we're not messing up something major or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, everything kind of works out on its own, which oh, is nice. For the glory of it. I mean, if something we mess something up major, it's, it's Aspendale's problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. At that point, it's it's uh, it's my crisis to fix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, then Segan's probably going to die, but yeah, you know, I, got, I got a backup character. No, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I don't hold grudges when we go into D&D campaigns. Uh, I, I hold grudges against the characters, not against the players that play those characters. So, like, if Nick really makes me mad one day, I'm not just going to kill Elrim. Uh, but if Elrim does something really stupid, well, then, yeah, Elrim, he may not die, but something's going to happen to Elrim <laughs> as repercussions of that stupid action. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like I'm still going to be infect- affected by this because the only way to really hurt Elrim is to just kill everybody around him. That's true. Which, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Elrim at uh, at this point um Elrim is still at a low level um probably and this is no knock on Segan Elrim is probably the most powerful party member at this as no, far as no, no as far as straight damage to like soak value mm, sometimes it it, de- it depends entirely on the situation because like like hands down like if you take me hand to hand I win. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but with a limited amount of key points, I think I have four key points. So any kind of ranged combat, I only get to do things like four times, uh, and then after that, I'm pretty useless. <laughs> I'm just kind of like running and trying not to get shot at that point. <laughs> but uh, but I can run so fast, I can catch you. Yeah, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, if you're out there and you want to play a monk. They're, monks are fun. They're they, fantastic. They can get kind of confusing when you uh, when you're looking at key points and stuff, but uh, I would recommend it. And that's what I kind of had a. I'd never played a monk. Never had a monk in any of my games, which is ridiculous. I've played. I've DM'd like 25, 30 games or something like that over never the past seven years. Never had anybody play a monk, and so I was like, this is the only class I've never seen. Uh, so I haven't actually like learned the rules of it. So. I was like, okay, time to learn the rules of it. And uh, what better way to do that than playing it? <laughs> right. Um, so, Nick, uh, week in and week out for you, going from running a game in a galaxy far, far away versus playing a game um, in a high fantasy world, what is that like for you as far as... Because uh, I talked about it a little bit, um, but I want to hear your side of it as well, of like, what's it like going one week DMing and then one week playing. Well, it's really nice actually because in in the past every game that I've done has been a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've had 6 days to prepare and then I'm DMing again. Uh which isn't an issue. Like I I love doing that and that's that's fine. I love doing that. But uh when I only DM every 2 weeks, what I do is as soon as I finish that session, I'm thinking for the next 6 days on that session and what we did during that session. Right. And where I can go from there. Then I show up to your house. We play, uh, the, I play in the D and D game. 
And for those like four hours, <laughs> that's the only time of the week that I think about what's happening in that universe. <laughs> that's it. For those four hours. So while I'm Elorim is the only time that I ever think about things that Elorim would think about. So then as soon as the game is done, I'm back to thinking about Star Wars and what can happen next week. And so it gives me uh, so much time to think about new things that like I never feel too surprised, which is nice. Which that's the thing that like uh, as a DM that would do something every week. There's a lot of surprises Mm -hmm. when I've got enough time to like know. Okay, well, if I plant the seed this way, (laughs) then they'll they'll go this way. And they'll think it's their choice. That's wrong. I always go the opposite <laughs> way that you <laughs> plant a seed. But do you, though? Or do I know that you do that? So I plant <laughs> the seed knowing that you will go the way that you will go. Sometimes I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Is that now I've got two weeks, essentially, to, to be thinking about, okay, well, if I plant the seed this way, does it, uh, does it look like this at the end of the, uh, the night? Or does halfway through look like this or how you know how does that look so having all that extra time is just super nice i can second that um just because like being the first campaign i've ever dm'd and being like a campaign that is ongoing and and not something that is just like you know one or two times because our our friend group has multiple times started a campaign and then like three or four sessions in we'll have players that just like oh well i can't make it this week or i don't really want to play this anymore and i think for me as a first time dm it's been super beneficial for me to be able to pour into this story and then also have players that pour into the story and want to play continually um that's a really awesome bard because of situations like that yeah and and i I regret because I really was kind of starting to enjoy playing a bard, which I don't like saying it. I have a horrible singing voice, but it was still awesome. And that's like, that makes it really hard as a DM because, yeah. uh, like, I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've started a, a campaign and like, I put so much effort into writing a backstory for that campaign. And then three sessions in people are like, well, but can you do that again? I'm like, mm-hmm. I just spent three months doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. You want me to just take three months and do that again so we can play three sessions? Yeah. Yeah. And that was when our our gaming kind of stalled there for a little while. And, and that was the mindset was like, you know, when we started Athendel, we didn't have anything up to that point. I mean, we were playing, we weren't playing consistently, but we had, you know, a 7C game that we'd play every now and then. We had um, the Age of Rebellion that we had started, but then kind of you know, teetered off and weren't playing consistently. Um, but then Nick, when you came to me and you were like, Hey, you should run a campaign because, um, I run every campaign and I want to play something and you've played enough that you'd probably be a decent DM and you wouldn't even have to work on the world because you wrote a book. So you've already done it. Um, you've already done all of the, you know, hard work. You just now have to plan sessions. Um, and that was daunting for me. <laughs> like when you asked me to do that, I was like, uh, what? But I think it, I'm glad that you did that because it, it got us back on a regular schedule of like, if not every week, every other week that we're playing something. Well, and it, I mean, it was kind of 
selfish on my part because I was like, hey, I just, I'm sick of DMing. Like, <laughs> I've done it for seven years at this point. I, I've gotten to play one character in seven years. Yeah, and you played Curse was, of Strahd with us, didn't you? Yeah, well, I guess it's technically two characters because I played Curse of Strahd. Nah, I played a druid in Curse of Strahd that got to level 14 when you're only supposed to get to level 11. <laughs> and uh, Deck of Many Things <laughs> is wonderful. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I played in a, like, smaller Star Wars campaign. Uh, and then, you know, I played, like, occasional one-shots on Roll20 with strangers and stuff like that. But in our friend group, I, I had to play... I was playing one character over seven years. And, like, that was, like, a four-month span that we played Curse of Strahd in. So I was like, after those four months, I guess I'm just never playing again. I'll just only DM for the rest of my life. And so when well, we think about it, you have multiple personalities when you're a DM. Yeah. I mean, I play every <laughs> character that way. And I was just like, I'm sick of doing like, I'm sick of DMing. I just want to, I want to not think essentially was, was the, the, the thought process. I was like, I'm just done thinking <laughs> right. on the big scale. I don't feel that, 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 that selfish at all. I, I feel like it, it's time to, you know, pass the reins to maybe have go further and, trying to push other people to just come out of their comfort zone and just take a chance and do something. Well, that definitely had a little bit to do with it. Cause like I was saying, like, like you were saying, Josh, when I was like, he can do it. I know he can because he writes stories. So like, that's all DMing is, is writing, writing story. an outline and then having the players fill in the details. So I was like, he can do it. I know he can. And I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's a, um, a little encouragement for anyone that wants to be a DM. Um, if you are a writer or an aspiring author, DMing is actually easier than writing a book, uh, in my mind, because all you have to do is come up with a plot point, some characters and an environment, and then throw your characters into that. And what's really and everything cool else about does it itself is on top of that, like all you're responsible for, for doing is writing the villain's story. Yep. Because then your character, like your players, write the hero's story for you. Like, you don't even have to worry about that. All you have to worry about is what's what's our villain doing? Because those are the only people that the players don't actually control that are important in a big story like that. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I, I'd say, if you want to be a writer in any fashion, playing any kind of role playing game, whether it's running the game or playing in it is very very beneficial and sean you touched on that in our D episode is that like you know for anyone that's wanting to play D, but they don't really you know they don't have the time or they don't want to put in the effort for it like there are so many benefits that you can get from sitting down and spending four hours to play a game like it you may feel like a waste of four hours but then at the end of the night you can look back and say okay well i like i myself learned something through my character that night and you touched on that um last time do you care to expound on that at all because obviously for me you know i've been there i've been playing D for you know seven years now i'm dming you've been playing longer than i have uh you've had more characters than i have and you have more life experience than i have that's a very <laughs> kind way of saying you're older than me so. <laughs> not that old man come on now <laughs> no i i really honestly couldn't even say i probably haven't had more life experiences i've just been around longer and <laughs> I mean, I, I'm very typically a shy person, and playing D&D, Star Wars, I mean, anything like that, 
it kind of pushes you to, you know, hey, I'm going to try this and see if anybody else likes it. And if they don't like it, if I like it, who cares? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the older you get, the more you realize that about life in general is just, I really don't care what other people think. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do this. And this is what's going to be. And, you know, that that's helped more so in the last two campaigns. That's why it's so much easier to get into character. But before, it was like, you know, I'm just going to talk normal because I don't want to people think i'm weird strange nerd you know know, you're you know who cares you know people are going to be bullies and rude and jerks about it just go out enjoy it hang out with your friends life's too short not to just go do nothing for four hours (laughs) and make fun of your friends and get made fun of by your friends and just crack inappropriate jokes at the wrong time (laughs) yeah it's true all of it (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Han. <laughs> um, that was, and one thing that I re- I recall that I said in the D and D campaign that I want to say again because um, anybody anybody listening that plays RPGs or wants to play RPGs but is worried about getting into character and role playing, uh, the people at the table want you to do that. If there's anyone in the world that's not going to make fun of you for doing a silly accent or a goofy voice, it's the people sitting around the table. Because they want that from you. Or the thing is, like, if you just don't want to do that, there are plenty of other players that also don't want to do that. So you, it's all it's all about finding your group. Mm-hmm. If you find your group of people that like to play the game the way you like to play the game, you're going to enjoy it so much, so much more. Yeah, and I would dev- I would highly recommend if if you've never done it or experienced it, go watch a game. Go to your local game shop and just sit there and watch them play and see just. The sheer enjoyment of life that they mm-hmm. have. There's no care. I mean, yeah, we're all adults. We've got bills. We've got things we stress over throughout the week or month or, you know, for anything. Just go sit and watch. And, I mean, there, there's no way to the world at that point. You're literally just playing somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you got to worry about whether or not the DM's going to kill you. That's the only worry you got. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I got into D&D and, and RPGs in general. Because I was like, hey... This is a great moment where I don't have to worry about anything that's happening. I'm I'm someone else right now. I am not Nick. I I don't have to worry about Nick's worries. I am whoever this person is. Exactly. Someone forced me to sign on the dotted line to be an adult, and I don't like it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you leave your parents' house. It's, There's no turning back now, buddy. <laughs> But uh, but D and D is it's a good escape and well not just D and D but role playing in general is a good escape for it and um, I think um, Matt Mercer I don't know if either of you guys have Twitter um, actually Nick, Nick you have Twitter don't you yeah um, I don't know if you follow Matt Mercer but he he tweeted he had like four or five tweets in a row the other day where um, he was kind of ranting uh, but it was a good rant like I I went through and I I favored it every tweet because it was incredible. And he was talking about people that were um, kind of combating critical role and saying that critical role isn't um, actual D&D. Like, it's not real D&D. And he was like, who are you to determine what is real D&D and what's not? Like, D&D is something that is a figment of our imagination that we put onto paper and that we, as a party, decide what we like to do. Like, yes, there are rules and there are guidelines, but every party is different. And he was like, you have to understand that D&D is made up. Uh, This is paraphrasing, of course. I could go back and read the tweets, but it would take time to find them. But he basically was saying, like, 
you know, the Critical Role party, his players as voice actors, they're used to getting into character and they're used to having those narrative moments. Uh, and so it's easy for them to do that. If your group doesn't look like the Critical Role group, like if your group sessions don't turn out with as many plot hooks and role-playing moments as the Critical Role group, that doesn't mean that your game is any less important or less good than their group. It just means that that's your group's playing style. Yeah, and one thing that they always said from in the first campaign for Critical Role, one thing that Liam uh, O'Brien was always saying is, uh, like, you can't tell me my fun is wrong. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, in general, that's kind of what Spoiler it comes down to. I haven't watched is... the first game yet. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, because, I mean, it, and that was just kind of due to a lot of backlash from the community multiple times because the internet is a terrible place sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, it, it's uh, both a terrible place and a good thing. And yeah, it's, it's the best terrible thing to ever happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and one other thing they always said is, you know, the, it even, if I'm not mistaken, you've even told me, Nick, that in the book it even says these are just guidelines. Yeah, and in mm-hmm. the, in the player's handbook, it it does say like, don't take these as written in stone. Like this is this is here as a as a rubric to, to maybe follow yeah. if you need a if, starting if point. You, and if you need a ruling on something, you go to the book. But if you want to make a different ruling, that's in your power as a GM, which is so. Yeah, and I don't want to put words in Matt Mercer, Matt Mercer's mouth, but I feel like in his GM tips at some point, I feel like I've heard him say that too. Is like uh, almost definitely. I, and I, I, I don't want. I don't think Matt Mercer is going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> but if he happens to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, buddy. I just I think that I've heard you say that before, and you know I think it's very true that like. You know, and if you do listen, I do accept tickets to come watch you guys live. <laughs> yeah, I've been twice to see you live, so I've been uh, once, and I plan on going again at some point. I, I actually want to play. I don't even want to go. Yeah, see live. I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, and and Chris Perkins has said that too, and he's the creative lead for yeah, Dungeons like, and Dragons. He's so like, like the face of Wizards yeah, of the Coast, and he has <laughs> for D and D anyway. Yeah, and he has multiple times been like it doesn't matter what the rule book says if you want to play D and you don't have a rule book you can still play D and it's still D and that's mm-hmm. the glory like <laughs> of a pen and paper he's game. like you yep. don't have to spend 60 bucks if you have an imagination and a piece of paper now that's not to say that like like video game rpgs are any less fun or less creative because like they're just a guys, different outlet for it you yeah. guys play the old republic uh, i have the old republic i just haven't got around to downloading it yet uh, but like I've played Skyrim and I've played like the Mass Effect, all those role playing games, they're fantastic. But there's something about being able to just take a piece of paper, write a name on the top of the piece of paper, and roll some dice. Yeah, because you could play anywhere. I think that the the draw for most people to pen and paper that uh, really like uh, video games, like RPGs and stuff, I think the draw to pen and paper is that there are no limitations. Or very few limitations. So, like, as soon as the world has started, you can do anything. Like, you can go anywhere. You can do whatever you want. If what you want to do is sit in a bar and drink, the story will still progress. Mm-hmm. But you're just going to sit there and drink. And, like, then your character's doing nothing and the rest of the characters are going to go do something. That doesn't happen in a video game. In a video game, it has a very linear story. Mm-hmm. Even the really good ones. 
Yeah, like Skyrim, even, you can do all kinds of crazy things, but right, there's still a there is a linear story, yeah. and like in in every, but that's just because that's the way you know that's the way a video game has to be made. Because mm-hmm. if it's not, then people are like, oh, this is crap. Right. So they have to have a main story, right? But then stuff like Skyrim, The Old Republic, World of Warcraft, stuff like that, it's very loose with that, where it has like, it has the the main story, but it's like. You never have to do that. If you don't ever want to, just go do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you can go anywhere in the galaxy on Star Wars The Old Republic and do whatever you want to do. And and it's great, but there are still limitations. And like, okay, well, I can't go to that planet because I'm not this level yet. Whereas... <laughs> or, yes, I'm going to go to that planet, but I'm going to die. Yeah, well, because <laughs> like me and Matthew went to Ilum at one point, And I was, only, I was like level 46 and he was level 50. And the enemies on Ilum are level 50. Well, my level 46 items literally had a 0% chance of hitting. Mm-hmm. So I'm like walking around with my lightsaber and these uh, cavern beasts on Ilum are just destroying me because I can't, <laughs> I literally cannot hit them. And they're resisting my force powers because I'm level 46. Matthew at level 50 is able to kill them. <laughs> right. And so he's just having to like run around protecting me the whole time. And I was like, we got to go to a different planet. I'm <laughs> And I think uh, another thing that, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot from the D&D episode, but Sean, you mentioned it in that episode, is that, um, you know, in video games, when you die, you can just respawn. Like, you can just load up again. In in D&D, like, we had, like, Jacob, your character, died, and we brought him back to life, but then he wasn't the same. And he decided, Jacob decided to leave. Um and so I think that's one thing that, like, the role-playing, like, D&D and Star Wars, it forces you to get more invested in that character. Like, I'm invested in my Skyrim character, but I'm invested in my level, not my character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I think that's that's the main difference. Well, we'll just say this. I'm so invested in my D&D character that I made him on Skyrim. Yeah. That's that's impressive. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm going to bring him to life on a game so I can play him still. Yeah. So, I you get way more invested in something that you have to think about with your mm-hmm. own imagination to go wherever and do whatever you want. I think another part of that is like <clears throat> the community aspect of it. You have like, you have that community with specifically MMORPGs. Mm-hmm. Like when we're playing the old Republic, me, you and Matthew, anytime that we can, we haven't actually had a chance. Well, we had like 10 minutes where we were all online together uh, but we haven't had a chance to actually just play all three of us yet. Uh, but we've been playing like me and you will play or me and Matthew will play or whatever. And it's, it's nice, but like you can tell there's a distance, you know what I mean? Like you can, you yeah. can tell that it's over the internet and it's not because it's like, it's not because you're a different person over the internet or anything like that. I am totally it's, <laughs> I'm skinnier, shorter. It's just that like when I'm sitting across the table, and I'm playing a game that involves rolling dice and writing on paper. I when I when my character is talking to you, I can look at you and I can say those things. Oh yeah. And, and over the internet, it's like, hey Sean, are you there? I need you to do this real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm taking a leak. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> and like that's an actual interaction that can happen because I never know, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pen and paper, we're sitting at the same table. If you get up and leave the room, I know. And then I don't interact with your and, character and, for that. Which moment. is crazy. Is literally uh, we we usually announce that hey, uh, my character's going to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it. Yeah. Um, so, last thing that I want to talk about. Um, 
because we're coming up on probably around 40 minutes right now. Um, last thing I want to talk about is um, the difference in your character, Sean, from fifth uh, edition high fantasy to Star Wars. Because I know for me, Huge being <laughs> being the DM for um, being the DM for fifth edition and for my love of Harry Potter, most of my NPCs that you guys interact with, most of them are magic users. Um, <laughs> Lazy magic users. <laughs> several of them, yes. Um, <laughs> and it's not their bar. It, yeah, most of them, <laughs> they don't own a bar. Um, but then, like, when we get into Star Wars, Vendry is, like, Vendry's like a computer nerd that used to be a spy for the Rebellion. And, you know, he's a decent pilot. He's not the greatest pilot. He's the best pilot in the party because our ace pilot is, got turned over to the Empire. But, <laughs> but... Uh, Money hungry Wookiee. Awkward. <laughs> but uh, I'm the best pilot in the party. And... Uh, I'm the best hacker in the party, which for me, like as Joshua, uh, anytime I have a computer problem, I'm dialing up Nick. <laughs> like, like I'm not a computer. Preach. I, I can fix <laughs> basic computer problems, but when it comes to like actually having a serious computer problem, I'm like, uh, Nick, I need your help. Um, so what's it like for you <laughs> going and playing two characters that are so opposite in Segan and Lobaka? Honestly, I didn't expect them to be so opposite. Uh, they just turned out that way. And, you know, I just kind of ran with it. You know, Segan, he's high fluting, has money, doesn't have to worry about it. But yet he's such a little brooding barbarian that, you know, afraid of losing people, afraid he's going to kill somebody. To, and, and I'm going to do this for Junior because, you know, he had 70 HP and I know it's wrong, but I'm doing it just to mess with it. <laughs> um, you know, I... Then you go into Lobaka, who just wants money and doesn't care where he gets it from, who he steals from, who he kills to get the money. I, you know, it's kind of like you know, last night when I was willing to fight all eight of them, but probably shouldn't have, and we didn't. But it, it's it's getting easier to switch back and forth between them. I think the break between each one of them, instead of you know back to back. You know, one week we play one, the next week we play the other. You know, it gives me a chance to think about what I would like to do. And as a player, I, I think about both of them all the time. <laughs> you know, I you gotta you know just think of okay, we did this this week. Uh, what are we gonna do next week? I got an idea of what I would want to do. You know, and I'm gonna have to run this by the party or just go do it. Either one, and you know, it's it's not as difficult. It seems scary to do, but if, if you just take a little time out each day while you're relaxing, it's not a problem. I think that's that's some pretty sound advice for anyone that wants to play uh, D&D or any kind of role-playing game for that matter. I refer to role-playing games as D&D just because it's easier than saying role-playing games. I mean, I guess you could say RPGs, but it's, it's always been D&D for me. If like, you kind of think about it, though, all, all games are modeled after D&D. It's true. Most of the RPGs are, yeah. And I mean, and like when they grow up in strength and stuff like that, that that's a system I'm guaranteeing is based off of D and D. Yeah, and like almost all like video game RPGs are based off of it. It's algorithm. It's algorithms for like whether or not you hit are uh, essentially rolling a d twenty. Yeah, and I mean, 
you don't get to see it. But right, I mean, it happens. Yeah, it happens in, in the background, but yeah, it's there. All right, so I think um, we're probably going to pull this to a close because uh, it's a work night for all three of us, and it's it's not getting late. But uh, I'm old, and I need time to uh, get ready for you bed. Call me old. You're the daddy over here. <laughs> That's true. Um, but one last final final thing um, that I want to talk about before we go, and I hope I hope and pray that uh, that Tanner has stuck around this long. I want to talk about the fact that Tanner hasn't seen the last Jedi yet. How freaking no. how freaking bizarre is that? I want to and it's dumb and uh, it, it's not 100% his fault. He doesn't have internet, so no, no. so true. It is 100% well, his uh, fault. It, he should have gone to the he movies. He knows. <laughs> he knows who has that movie. Yeah, it, I mean, it's like 90% his fault, but like he got I want to say 98%. He should have gone when he planned to, but then it got canceled. So like he should have just he gone couldn't anyway. have helped that, right? Because you don't want to just still, go and watch it on your own. Like I did, but come on, I mean, I'm me, right? Still, ninety eight percent his fault. He knows. He hangs out with like super Star Wars fans, not not these Trekkies, but super Star Wars fans. I'm just Whoa. kidding. I like the new <laughs> Star Trek. Then then it breaks my heart to say this. The new Star Wars or the new Star Trek is really good. Really good. The newer ones. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And, and it breaks my heart to say that as such I've a always, hardcore I've Star Wars fan. I've always liked both. <laughs> Thanks, Padme. I've always liked both, so I can't really say that. Star Wars has just always been closer to my heart than Star Trek, but I'm, I'm, huge, I'm a huge Wookiee fan. Yeah, I mean, you play a Wookiee for crying out loud. I, I look like a Wookiee, let's just be you, honest. You chose to play a Wookiee when you knew that the language was going to be a problem. <laughs> yes. I don't know, you may have just not thought about that. No, that's I thought, not a That's not a thing that I would think about, I think, if I were like if I were making a character in the Star Wars universe, I'd have probably just been like, oh, this would be fun, and then look at it and be like, oh man, they only speak that language. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I saw a Wookiee and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was my thought process. I, I, you know, there was so many other things I could have chosen. I'm just like, no, I, I've always wanted to be a Wookiee, and that's that's what I did. And and I'm I'm glad that you did because now Vendry has a best friend. Um, and <laughs> until he decides to turn you over for the money because he's low on money. That's a great point. Uh, Vendry has a best friend. Lobaka doesn't have any friends. <laughs> well, uh, he has um, money. <laughs> Joshua, is there anything else? <laughs> there is not anything else, Kylo. Um, I do want to say a special thanks to um, our local game store here in Harrison, the Rogues Den. Um, you can check them out on Facebook. I'll throw the link in the description, and I'll link them on the Facebook page. They um, also hold D&D nights, also other game nights. Check them out. Go by. Just sit down, sit in. I know the owner. He's actually a pretty decent DM, and pretty all right guy so go check it out and go have some fun i pretty went by there right. uh i went by there before i came here actually and bought some paints for my uh my star wars legion minis. there you go uh so special shout out to them um we have uh, started a sponsorship program with them uh just a mutually beneficial program no money involved because that's not what i'm about i just want to talk about nerd stuff um, so we're giving them shout outs. They're giving us shout outs on all their stuff. 
Uh, so please go by and check them out. I'll link them up in the description and on the Facebook page. Um, if you're in the Harrison area, they are, uh, I don't know their address, but they're located on highway seven, um, North. Yep. Just um, 43. They're located on highway seven North. They've, I know they have a Facebook page. I don't know about any of the other social media. I don't know about a website either, but your, their Facebook page will give you all the information that you need to know. And so. if you're not from Harrison, fly here, drive here. I don't care. Take a boat, take a train, <laughs> just come by to see them. That's right. So, um, with that being said, this concludes um, this episode of the Nerdcast. Thank you guys so much for uh, sticking around to this point. And um, thank you so much for all of the support that you've given us um, over the past, oh, crap, month and a half that we've existed. Uh, we've been able to upgrade equipment. We've been able to upgrade um, programs. We've been able to upgrade um, <laughs> recording setup. Uh, and so... Thank you so much for the support that you've given us through this whole thing. And uh, I hope to see you guys in the next one. Remember, the Force will be with you always. 